If Zion Williamson suffers injuries every year, can you really build a team around him? Do the Pelicans even have a choice? Let's take a look in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. Look, I didn't watch, I didn't get a chance yet to watch the Pelicans game last night, not able to watch it live, so I'm going to catch up a little bit later today. So I pre-recorded this show, so I don't know if they won or didn't, you can spoil it for me down in the comments below on YouTube. We'll get to the game. It's basically a must win. I really hope they won by the time that you are listening to this show. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this Pelicans team. No one else coming to y'all like this. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review with a comment there. And of course, comment down below on YouTube if you want to help support the channel. So, let's get into it. Zion Williamson is the Pelicans franchise cornerstone, but hasn't played a lot, has missed more games than he's played in his career. What do you do from a team building perspective? Is that something that you can actually do anything about? And that's what we're going to look at. Zion missing so many games this year, and he was on track to play before the All-Star break, before suffering a setback in the hamstring recovery while going through three-on-threes, has derailed this season. And I was on fourth down on four on WWL with Doug Mouton, and he asked me a very simple question, which I thought was a great one. The Pelicans last year made the postseason without Zion Williamson. They looked good. Why do they look so bad right now without him when you could just kind of be good again? They were good last year. I think that's a great question, and I talked a lot about it in yesterday's show really breaking down what their issue is. Bad offense leading to bad defense, leading to more bad offense, leading to more bad defense, and so on, and so on, and so on. The cycle repeats itself. Zion fixes everything with this team. Fixes it. I truly mean that. I don't know if there's a huge problem with the offense when Zion's out there. Without him, it's a different story. But you build around your star player. You build around your franchise cornerstone. And go back to last year. You know, at the beginning of the year, we we learned that Zion wouldn't be ready to start the year. Dealing with, you know, the, the foot injury, the broken foot, wouldn't be ready to go. You know, well, they said he was, and then it wasn't. Then it was regular season, but didn't say when in the regular season, all that stuff. So they they looked terrible. Don't forget that. They started 3-16 and 16 last year. And it looked like they were waiting for Zion Williamson to come back and just kind of lift them. That team... When he wasn't playing before the C.J. McCollum trade was bad, real bad. And then once they realized he wasn't coming back, they kind of shifted on the fly a little bit, built a kind of different identity around Brandon Ingram and .5 basketball in the words of Willie Green, and started to take off a little bit after the C.J. McCollum trade. But basically from then on, they were about 500. This is a team that was 10 games under 500 at the end of last season. 
I don't know if I would necessarily call them like a good, great team. I think you saw flashes of potential and they showed that off during that first round series against the Phoenix Suns. And this year, it's a little bit of the same thing. They built this team around Zion. They were real good with Zion there. They're 17 and 12 when Zion Williamson plays. And they're three and 19 without him. This is kind of the same as last year, a little bit. They still weren't like truly like a title contender or anything like that without him. They maybe could have gotten the Phoenix Suns in the first round. They were aided a little bit with Devin Booker's injury. So you look at this and okay, they're just kind of trying to do what the Pels did at the beginning part of last year, which is just kind of like weather the storm, try and tread water until Zion comes back because they built everything around him. It's him initiating the offense the majority of the time, point Zion. It's him doing all of those things and creating better looks. And if you watch yesterday's show where I say, here's what's wrong with the Pelicans, I go into a lot of the stats behind it and the offensive core philosophies behind that as well. So give that show a watch if you or a listen if you haven't already. So you can't necessarily just retool with 21 games to go and presumably Zion Williamson going to come back and play. All of a sudden, then you've got to shift back into playing how you were playing after you shifted out of that. And that's a little much on players, I think. I don't think that's the easiest thing to do in the middle of the season. There's some capacity to add in tweaks and adjustments, and the Pelicans certainly aren't making those kind of things right now. But it's a lot easier said than done and maybe not the most realistic thing. You essentially then need to offensive identities to game plans with Zion without. And we'll go into that in the next segment. And then the third segment, we're actually going to talk about trading him in a sense or not a sense, depending. So that's what the rest of the show is going to look like. That's kind of where the Pelicans stand. It's not an ideal situation to be in, but rest assured when he's going to play again, they're going to be fine. They'll be fine. The offense will hum. It's going to make the defense better, and that's going to make the offense even more scary as they get out in transition and run because they haven't been burned in transition themselves, which is what's happening right now off of tons of missed shots. Everything better offensively is when Zion's out there. Is that a flawed process? Maybe. Let's look at that, though, and talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you don't want candy, you know how bad that is for you, then you got to try Built Bar. These bars are so good, they taste like a candy bar. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar, and that is not the case. You're actually eating something that's healthy for you, but is also tasty. The macros are great. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait around and get a box delivered to you. You can still do that over at Built.com. There's specials and special flavors there all the time. But you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and walk in and pick up a four-pack box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. You can also get the brownie batter or churro. Any of those. Sam's Club, Walmart, Built.com. Go order them now. Buy them right now. You can thank me later. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, completely free, available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints. Please tell me Carson frickin' Wentz isn't going to be the QB for the black and gold next year. Ross Jackson breaking down everything. I'm going to listen to that because I'm 
going to call that dude if he's like, yeah, they should go after Carson Wentz. Because no, please let him know in the comments down below on YouTube that you don't want Carson Wentz as the QB of the Saints. Please. I think he's going to agree with that. But let's make sure and listen to Locked On Saints as our second listen to make sure that he's on the same page as us. And today we're talking about Zion Williamson. Can you build a team around him when he's missing time? And I think that's a big question the Pelicans are going to have to at least consider this offseason. Their season was going great. Third in the West, holding steady at third in the West, even without Brandon Ingram. And now all of a sudden, 10th in the West, and they are only one game up in the loss column on the Los Angeles Lakers. They're one game up on the Lakers overall. Not ideal, all things considered. We want to definitely be better than the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's because Zion's not playing. Brandon Ingram's doing a good job. And the rest of the players just aren't stepping up during this time. But Zion really does fix things. But if he doesn't play, does it do you any good? And in three of his four years in the NBA, he's missed significant time. Missed more than half of his rookie year, his freshman season. Missed more than half of the season, his rookie year. There we go. Second year in 2020-21, when he was an all-star starter, played 80% of the game. So you have a good track record there, but then didn't play last season. And right now has only played 29 games out of all that the Pelicans have played. That's not a really easy thing to do. They've played 55 games and he's played 29 of them. No, they've played 61 games and he's played 29 of them. So he's played in less than half of them. That's rough. That's rough. There's no other way to say it. The good news is there is one season of good health. You know, when you look at these injuries, there's some minor connections being on kind of the same like leg chain of things, but they're not reoccurring injuries to the same part of his body over and over and over again across multiple years. The fact that the foot's held up this year is great. The fact that his knee has held up from the rookie year is good too. And that gives you some hope, maybe it's false hope, that he can be healthy and you can, you know, rely on him at some point. And I think you can point to that and say there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to. You know, this season and this injury really does seem like it was just more of a fluke thing. I don't think it's anything to do with the training staff. I don't think there's like anything nefarious really going on. I think it's just bad luck. Truly, truly do. Still sucks, and no one likes to hear bad luck as an explanation for things, but I think it's that. But if you feel you might miss significant time without Zion Williamson, can you run kind of two identities, the Zion offense and the no Zion offense? And I do think that is tough. And this is where the word process will come into play with all of this. Is the Pelicans offense with Zion good, or is Zion just good? And does that mean that without Zion, it all just falls apart? Or could you put in a good offense that Zion is good within that can kind of withstand him not being in there? And this question isn't black or white. I don't know if there's a way to separate the first part of that. Is the offense good or is Zion just good? Both things can be true. Both things could not be true. You know, when you look at this, how many teams, I see this asked a lot, like what is the Pelicans offensive identity? Someone tell me what Boston's offensive identity is. Right now, this season, what is the Warriors' offensive identity? With the Warriors, when they were winning their titles, what was their offensive identity? The Bulls, with Michael Jordan, what was their offensive identity? I don't always think those are easy things to do in the NBA. I think the NBA is more about talented players than it is about a system. You saw the big three in San Antonio play multiple different styles. 
depending on what was needed to get the most out of that team and the rest of the league as a whole too, the rest of the NBA. So I don't think you need to have like a true offensive identity of like, this is what we do. I think you get nebulous concepts like 0.5 and that could mean a number of different things. Does that mean playing fast? Does it mean playing slow, but looking for a good shot, passing the ball, lots of ball movement, but a slow paced offense. Both those things are true at the same time. So when I see that, I get less concerned about what their offensive identity is. And I just go, they're being carried by their star players or not. I think you can have some concepts around those star players, like more ball movement, more ball screens, more pick and rolls than what the Pelicans do now. But I don't think that building your offense around Zion and what he can do and letting him go and do that thing, those things, is bad. The dude's amazing. The dude is unstoppable. Yeah, put the ball in his hands and let him go and cook. Same thing which we see with Brandon Ingram at times. And it works, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. And when this team falls apart without their best players, like you're going to lose games. They've also won some games without those guys. Remember the big win over the Sacramento Kings? Zion didn't play. Brandon Ingram didn't play. You've seen them get victories and things like that, as every team does. So don't point to the Celtics and be like, well, they've won games when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown haven't played. So have the Pelicans. So I don't know if you need to worry and try and run two identities, just maximize your best players. And they do that when Zion's out there. I don't know if they do that when Zion isn't out there. And Zion makes things a whole lot easier for Brandon Ingram as we've seen this season. So I think it would be good to try and generate more help from him. And when you want to point the finger at head coach Willie Green, can you say, is he getting the most out of these players right now? Is he maximizing their on-court success or setting up them up for success? And I think the answer to that right now is no, not really with some of the decisions that he's making in terms of starters, in terms of rotations and lineups that he's putting out there. But I don't think you need to have two different identities. I think you need to learn how to play kind of 500 basketball without Zion Williamson, which this team should be able to do. What they were doing last year with Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and Valanciunas wasn't revolutionary. They're getting the ball to JV when they needed to get the ball to JV, who's an afterthought this season. BI was cooking. CJ was hitting shots. He's struggling a little bit right now. Talked about the ligament injury in his right hand, his shooting hand, today after practice, yesterday after practice, depending on when you're listening to this. So it's just hard to win without a player as talented as that. You saw the Brooklyn Nets really struggle without Kevin Durant when he was on the team, when they were without Kyrie Irving, and they were losing games then too. And then he came back and they won a bunch of games. And then he left injured again and they lost a bunch of games. Sometimes it's really as simple as that. It's not about running a good offense or a bad offense. It's about running just like your guys, and then being out there on the court. The Sacramento Kings have been great this season. They are, you know, kind of surprise darling of the league in a sense. They're 35 and 25. They're a game out of second in the West. They've had the best injury luck. They've been like the healthiest team all season long. Yeah, they're going to do well. Same for Denver has been very healthy all year long. And the Memphis Grizzlies who are fading a bit have struggled with some injuries. So you look at these teams, and none of this is like Sacramento is is just running a great offense all the time. It's their best players are out there, and they're doing their thing. And their offense is good because of that. But when you remove those guys, well, they lose to a team that didn't play Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson while they were on the road. And none of that is a shock to me. When De'Aaron Fox didn't play in that one, when Sabonis was limited in that one, you're going to lose games. 
So I don't think you need to design like kind of two separate offenses. You just need to get your guy back and do the thing and make some little tweaks around the other guys when that player isn't in. And that is something that the Pelicans are not doing right now. But I don't think you need to kind of have on one hand like ready to go with Zion and then another one where it's like without him, here's the entirely different thing that we are doing. But if you're going to lose more games than you're winning without him and he's not out there a lot, then what? How do you approach that? That's what we're going to talk about coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So, You want to make sure you get someone in working. It's costing you money. It's going to upset your customers. It's going to bother your other employees too. You can't leave that open. So simple tools like screening questions makes it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this team. The good, the bad, and what do you do when Zion Williamson isn't playing games? And now for your second listen, go check out Game to Game NBA. I post a minute video after every single game, usually not after this one because I couldn't watch it. Every host does that. They get all compiled into one show, so you get the home and the away team, the local perspective, something only Locked On can provide. Game to Game on Locked On NBA, it's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's awesome. It's just a great way to catch up on all the games around the league from the night before. Today, we are talking about Zion Williamson and, well, the lack of Zion Williamson and how it's costing the Pelicans games right now. Not that that's breaking news to you. So what do you do about this? What do you do about this? I said, you know, there's reasons to believe he can be healthy, but three out of four years missing significant time isn't a great track record. And if you don't want to buy into that, you know, he'll play games. I understand it and it's fine. And you just point to the number of games missed. So what do you do? How can you do it from a team building perspective when it just kind of derails everything you're doing and you're not going to necessarily build two different identities? So the first question becomes, do you trade him? Do you trade him? And I think the answer to that is probably no. Because if you do that, it's kind of a bit of a rebuild, I think. And that's mainly because you're not going to get equal value for him in a way that's going to help you kind of be who you want to be. His ceiling is higher than almost any player that you're going to trade for. And look, there was no chance, no even talk between the Pelicans and Nets of trading for Kevin Durant after the Kyrie Irving to Dallas deal. I don't really think much was discussed with Zion, uh, including Zion Williamson, in a deal for Kevin Durant at all this offseason either. Nothing's been reported on that whatsoever. And trust me, that would have leaked. So I don't think they were actively looking to move him. And maybe those other teams wouldn't even have been interested in him in the first place. Could you trade him to a team like Minnesota for Carl Anthony Towns? I think they might take a risk on something like that. Is Carl Anthony Towns really going to elevate this team that much? And like, what's the disparity between them at their best when they're both out there on the court? Towns has missed a ton of games this year, right? 
I think it's not even close that I'd rather have Zion Williamson over Carl Anthony Towns. You know, what's the, you wouldn't be able to get Luka Doncic for Zion Williamson. Could you get Trey Young? Yeah, you probably get Trey Young for Zion Williamson, I think. But look at what's going on in Atlanta right now. When you look around the league for guys that, you know, you would try and trade him for, you're not getting Jason Tatum. Is there someone that really interests you that you could move Zion Williamson for and still be a competitive team this year around Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum? And I don't think the answer to that question is that there is. I don't think there's someone you could go and get that really is going to truly elevate this team ceiling better than Zion. Something is certainly better than nothing. And if you never think, if you think Zion Williams is not going to ever play again, then sure. Or if you think he's going to miss half or more of the season every year, then yeah, you probably make a move like that. But it's a bit of a desperation move. And it could easily backfire if Zion does stay healthy. And you've lowered then the ceiling of the team and maybe taking yourself out of being a true championship contender because Zion Williamson truly is that special of a player. So the way I look at this, and it's probably the way the Pelicans front office is going to approach it too. You just got to roll with the hand that you're dealt, right? Like these are the cards you have. These are the cards you got to play and you've got to try and either bluff or figure it out. That's the analogy there wasn't great. I lost it right at the end. You just deal with what you got and this is fate. And you got to go forward with it and try and make the best of the situation, whatever that is. Maybe that's like trying to get another shooter, another scorer on the team to pick up some of the slack when Zion isn't out there. You know, can you get a Gary Trent Jr. this offseason and make a bunch of moves for him or pay him or trade for him? I think those are the type of things that the front office needs to start looking at versus trying to trade away Zion Williamson. I think basically you go down with the Zion Williamson ship. Because certainly if you trade him, it more signals you're rebuilding because you're not going to get anywhere close to equal value. And at that point, trade Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and kind of do what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing. You know, build around the next good young guy that you draft and hope that you can get good enough quickly like they're kind of doing around Shea Gilgis-Alexander after kind of hitting on some of these other picks that they have. You know, they'd be a playoff team if they had Chet Holmgren this year who's out for the year, who looked... What good in like one summer league game or something like that or in the pro-ams or whatever it was that he had played. So I don't think you can trade him. I think you've just got to roll with this and maybe it's just kind of hope and pray a little bit for good injury luck when it comes to him and try and make sure you've got your, your training staff right. And I think they do. I don't think there's any reason to think otherwise from that. But you at least need to take a deep, long look at that and if there's anything else that you'd be able to do to try and improve it to keep him out there on the court because this team needs him. And unfortunately, I don't think you can trade him, nor would I want to trade him either. I think he's that talented from what we've seen. You, you basically just hope that it's another one of those things where he plays 80 games. But that hasn't proven to be the case. And so only time's going to tell. And it could be what kind of defines this era of Pelicans basketball. Let me know what you think. Do you want to try and trade him this offseason just to get a little bit more consistency in place instead? I'm curious what you think. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. We'll talk some of the Magic game ones I've caught up. We'll talk about a couple of other things going forward.